You're listening to the World Famous White Roof Radio, webcast number 601, recorded on July 26, 2016. Tonight brought to you by CravenSpeed.com, MotoringStripes.com, and NowMotoring.com. Mini performance, speed, and style, it's on Motoring.com. Hey everybody, it's Stevie in Arizona bringing you a new episode of World Famous White Roof Radio post MTTS wrap up with uh, with the boys uh, joining us this evening as always my good friend Todd Pearson from motoringstripes.com Todd say hi I'm here I lived through many Texas states nicely done uh, the good reverend has joined us as well this evening he's a little bit tired but he's here Chad Miller from Detroit Tune DetroitTune.com Chad hi everybody and as a special treat Mr. Bridger from motoringfile.com Gabe say hi hi I also lived through part of uh, two days Gabe come on two days come on so it's three days Okay. Three days. <laughs> All right, three days. So, Chad, I, I'm I'm thinking since you're so tired, you are busy. Despite many sales, you are still busy, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're I mean we're slowing down just a little bit because it's uh, hotter balls out there right now, and uh, you know people are just doing other things. But yeah, we're still super super crazy busy. Well, and that's what blows my mind a little bit too because. My business usually uh, uh, goes about the same as many sales, right? Yet, at the same time, in this year, 2016, when the sales are at an all-time low for many, and I've been working with the car... Well, wait a second. All-time low is not right. Well, I should say that the the growth... I should should say that. The growth is at an all-time low. All-time low. The growth is an all-time, all-time low. The growth is is uh, is is negative. The growth there is, is no growth. Exactly. The growth is negative. However, yet I have been working on minis, and I've had my best year in uh, sixteen years. So, I'm I'm still left scratching my head and going. I'm so confused by all this. I know. I don't think it's as big a deal as some people are uh, are saying so far, and I think it's just going to be a, a slow recovery back to normal. And then they'll yeah, be. I think you're right. There'll be a new normal. That's what. Yeah, I, think. I mean, I, I think you're right. I and mean, not to talk about sales, but I, I'm sure Todd, you and I probably had similar conversations with with folks along the way uh, on MTTS. And you know, I think it, it it was really enlightening for me, and it sort of, you know, it it also kind of like. It, it sort of mirrored or matched some of what I was thinking, but it's uh, and it's some of what you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago as well. But I think you're right. I think they'll just slowly kind of gradually get back. Yeah, I think things are gonna they're gonna hit a new stasis. Now they're not gonna be like constant growth. In in one way too, economically speaking, in any business, continued constant growth is not possible. You can't well, look at Apple. You no, know, yeah, they just released their results today and. I mean, nobody would disparage their business, but yeah, they're not growing as as, as much as they used to. Because yeah, eventually, not, yeah. not growing with forty two point six billion dollars in revenue and seven whatever billion dollars. Exactly, a little <laughs> different than you know. That is. Well, but I mean, I think the thing that they don't talk about it, it you know, many doesn't talk about the revenue. Like they they, they don't do that. So right. BMW as a whole does that, and if you look at their numbers, it's excellent. So I think I think the reality is like, many is probably doing okay. Like it's just. It's literally one country in the in, in the world that is having a dip this year, and you know, in, in effect, the total mini sales, yeah, it's actually not bringing them down. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the crazy kind of- thing. And we said that last, we said well, the last show that I was on anyway, we we talked about that how the U.S. is only what about fourteen, thirteen, fourteen percent of global sales. So even well, though it's down, yeah. even though it's down, it's not really hurting the company in general. I've I've been working on this article for a while, and I in fact just haven't had the time to finish it. But but three stats jump to uh, to mind, and I'll make it quick. So in 2008, Mini USA was 23.2 percent of sales yep. globally. 
2015, it was 17.2. This year, so far, it's 14.4. Hey, so I was right on. So, yeah. So, in a lot of ways, like if you look at what Mini was originally intending the U.S. market to be, they expected it to be under 10%. Right. And I don't know if it's going to settle at 10. I don't know if it's going to settle at 20. But it's just interesting to see, you know, it coming to a point where maybe they were right all along. Yeah, and and now the question, like, wait, wait we're gonna let DB do a, an intro, and then we're gonna continue this conversation. We're gonna do a sponsor spot. Yeah, let's let's pay some bills really quick, and then we'll continue with uh, this talk about sales, and then some MTTS wrap up, including uh, an interview with our pals over at Motor Trend uh, Audio Podcast, Charlie Volgerheim and uh, Sean. We're going to have that for you tonight as well. Before we do, let's uh, tell you about our friends over at Outmotoring, Outmotoring.com. I got an interesting email from our man Aaron today. I want you guys want to share some of this with you. Um, he now has like a small army working in his office, and they are rapidly adding items to the website on a very regular basis. And they're getting up to currently the pace of about 3,000 parts per month. 3,000 new SKUs every month that they're adding. They're adding a whole bunch of uh, OEM stuff, including body kit parts. I need body pieces for my JCW kit. He doesn't quite have them yet, but he's already sourced them. He's going to be able to get them for me. He's going to be able to get them for you too in just like another couple of weeks. But if you're a DIYer and you're looking to like fix everything on your Mini, you can click over to outmotoring.com. There's a better than ever chance he's got the parts for you already. Very, very cool. Um, and if you're not a DIYer, but you have like a local shop and they don't know where to get parts, you know what you can do? You can send them over to outmotoring.com. They can get it taken care of for you there too. Very, very cool stuff. Um, and don't forget, so you can see all these items at the site, of course. And when you click over there, as soon as you do, you're going to be prompted to enter your email address so you get that email newsletter, right? Which is super awesome because when you get the email newsletter, you also get that really handy-dandy 5% discount code every month, which is super rad. Um, and I think he's still doing the free shipping if you spend $195, right? And this is for outmotoring.com. You guys know outmotoring.com. They're the Amazon.com of Mini Cooper stuff, everything that you need or want for your Mini or your person for the Mini stuff. There's still Mini events coming up. You're going to need the hat, the shoes, the watches, uh, all the personal lifestyle stuff. Outmotoring.com's got you covered. Still the full line of car care products done plus all the oem parts that you could need want or desire all available for you at our friends over at outmotoring outmotoring.com mini performance speed and wait one please i've got a good one today mini performance speed and come on come on mini performance speed oh yeah miltech exhaust that's uh, outmotoring.com and don't forget to tell them when you place your order that you heard it on white roof radio yes please uh please. that you heard about us on white roof radio please and thank you oh look a new mini watch a new mini watch is dope no, you just need an Apple Watch. Just screw it. No, that mini watch. I like a, I like the mini watch. It looks like the it looks like the speedometer. This one kind of looks like the speedometer with can, all the extra lights on. Can I say this on Mini Takes the States? Like I swear to you, everyone there was wearing an Apple Watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really says something we've said all along since 2002 is that that I think Apple and Mini are very similar companies in a mindset for consumers. Yes. Now, Gabe, I know you've said that the the uh, uh, what do I want to say? The people on Mini Takes Estates weren't necessarily representative of 100 percent of the uh, of the Mini buying community, but I think it was a pretty good cross section uh, because you can't take the people who went coast to coast. Those people are a very unique set of people who have the time and the money to take off two three weeks 
to do this mm-hmm. event. But um, out of 900 people that did Coast to Coast and 4,000 people who participated in the event overall, mm-hmm. um, I think you see a pretty good cross-section of, uh, of many owners, people who are able to yeah. do one event or two events or three events or the second half like me. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, I think. I think there's a cross section. I think it still skews. Anytime you you ask anybody to take time at all off, like you're 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 eliminating certain people who just simply can't. Right. Um, and and more often than not, like that tends to be a younger crowd. But it doesn't change the fact that I think you're right. It was a good cross section of people. And I mean, I, you know, I, I wrote about it on on Monary File. I mean. I don't think it's any different than it was in 2006. You know, I, 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 I really I, don't. I think it's just bigger. It's just bigger. And and I would agree with you. I, I didn't, when, when you wrote that, I think I was on my first or second stop. Okay. And I read it mm-hmm. and I'm like, uh, I don't know yet. But then I did uh, eight nights at MTTS, the, the final eight mm-hmm. nights. And I realized this thing feels exactly like it has, you know, all, it's just bigger. Isn't that funny? So you, you, you and I both came into the thing with the same exact, um, so idea it's still in our heads, what you, what you're saying. which is, yeah, I had a preconceived notion that you know this is going to be yeah huge and full of retired people and countrymen. Yeah. <laughs> so I think so. You and I had the same thought. I mean, I I went into it um, having heard from a few folks that this may be the case. This is kind of what's happening, and I didn't react to it. I didn't say anything on on Wonderfall or anything because I just thought, you know what, I, I really just want to go into this with eyes wide open and I really try to understand what's changing. You know, we've got the sales tip, we've got, you know, new leadership, we've got um, a new car, like a, a number of new cars. Like, am I going to see a difference? Is MTTS, MTTS, MTTS is such a litmus test in a way. And yeah, to your point, Todd, like it, after, after I'd say a day, I started to look around and think like, God, they... This is just like it, it, it's always been. Yeah, and and the crazy part is the sheer number of people. There, I get done with my eight stops, and I'm like, oh, I didn't see so and so, and I didn't see so and so. Well, it was very difficult in a in a crowd of a thousand people, where it used to be a crowd mm-hmm. of maybe four or five hundred. That I literally think this year was about twice the size it was in in 2014. So it was difficult difficult to find people, and uh, a lot of people, you know, lamented about that. However, I still had fun, and you know, I still found the people who you know I hung with and and had a good time, and I, I tried to vary it up a little bit from from stop to stop. So uh, it was uh, while it's a challenge, and can I say this right here that um, the the head of many Thomas Felbermayer, uh now in the U.S. did say, and I quote. He said, we will do something similar to this in 2018. He announced in, uh, in Palm Springs that Mini mm-hmm. was, was planning on doing something similar. Now, w- the way he said it seemed a little odd at the time. He goes, something similar to this in 2018. Because my attitude is, thinking on the way home, I'm like, you know what would really work with this? Uh, the event itself is going to crush under its own weight unless they mm-hmm. turn it into something like Mini United which is a destination, I, I kind of, like a, like a three-day event or a two-day event, which is a mm-hmm. destination, and they rent out like a stadium or a racetrack, and you go mm-hmm. there to the thing, and you have a big festival, and then from different parts of the country, everybody has regional events that drive there, and you still get the driving mm-hmm. aspect of it, and you still go to the event, but you also get the best parts of Mini Takes the States, which is hanging with yeah. other people and looking at other cars. 20, that was Mini Takes States 2010. They kind of tried to do it in 2010, but I think they really... I don't think they had the numbers to pull it off as to make it as giant an event as it could have been. Yeah, they did four regional events in, in 20... No, no, 2010. No, 2010 yep. was towards Denver. That's right, that's right. Yeah, towards yeah. Denver. 
Yeah, that was right. And uh, you're thinking in 2008 where it was the four separate events. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, we don't know who's going to do it yet. I mean, I think TPG, the the company that's done it since 2006, is in the lead, but they're going to bid on it. And I have not confirmed, you know, one way or another, whether that's going to happen or, you know, I think a lot still has to say is sales between now and then, because I will say that you did feel the, uh, the budget crunch of many as a company this year in, in little ways. They, they weren't really, well, I think, you know, I think also like the, think about it, like the EPA fine they got last year. Yeah. That's going to come from somewhere. Like, that's gonna I mean, people forget about that. Yeah. That hurt. And I mean, why do you think they, yep. they didn't go to Detroit? Why do you think they didn't go to Geneva? What was that? 30 um, million? Was that up to $30 million or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that, you know, you know, it was, it was not, it was a little more than symbolic, you know, if, if, if you know what I mean. And I think it, it hurt. And I think then, you know, at the same time, um, you know, budgets are, budgets are set quite a ways away. Like, you know, they, they were set years ago. They're set like, you know, with automotive companies, they're set in motion a long time ago. And so I think that, um, you know, like I said, like, I mean, the, 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 the 30 million or whatever it was is not inconsequential. And I think that there's been an edict put down to save, to save money. I mean, in a number of different ways. And so I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we're starting to see it. My hope is that you know they they recognize the value in MTTS because this is one of the one of the big takeaways for me, and it's and it's interesting because I mean like you guys like I mean I've had a you know I've been involved for a long time I had a 2002 um, Cooper and immediately was involved in and stuff. Um, the enthusiasm for the brand and the car in 2016 at MTTS is exactly like it was in 2002. I mean uh, I saw uh, I saw. So many smiles. I mean, besides the new part, take the new part out of it. Yeah, I would, I would say that. Yeah. I would disagree with it because I think the enthusiasm has shifted a bit. I think all these people are a bunch of noobs. Forgive me for using that term. A bunch of, of newbies who don't really know anything about Mini well, or the history of Mini. General. And they're not like, the... That's a generalization, though. It is, but I think it's accurate. Say everybody who just bought a mini doesn't know anything about minis. Like I think, I think I'll get. I'll bet you there's people listening right now that have recently bought a mini and found this show, and either they've learned quickly, or they're learning now, or right. they've you know like. And I think that's fair. Like Todd, you didn't know much about minis. I knew a little bit. Um, you know, like I think it's great. I think we should welcome in people Absolutely. who are like a- excited about it and, and and like want to learn and 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 know more. Well, and here and and to and to uh, piggyback onto that. So I think what is at stake here is the future of Mini, and we've been talking about this constantly for the past few months with with sales dipping to where they are. And Alex put it pretty succinctly a couple of shows ago when he said. You've and and we had the, Gabe. You haven't been on the show since we had this discussion. He says you've uh, you've basically alienated your base. And what he meant by the base was the the core people who have bought multiple minis are now like, you know what? I don't like the car that much. Um, it's not as much fun as it was. My family's getting bigger for a multitude of reasons. They're like, I'm not going to buy another mini. I'm going to go buy something else. Like I'm I'm growing up. I've got more money. I'm going to go do something else. And and. Yeah, they're going to go buy a Subaru. They're going to go buy a, you know, Scion doesn't exist anymore, but they're going to go buy whatever, a, a Kia Soul, because it's cheap, it's efficient, and they're choosing to spend their money elsewhere. It's weird, but I see it happen. Yeah. And so what, what's happening now is I think Mini has to, to look at Mini Takes the States and go, wait, we have a core of people that we have to acknowledge, and they are important to us. 
And Gabe, I know you know marketing really well. You work you, you work in that industry on a day-to-day basis and you understand this. And Mini has been trying to go after a new market. They have basically, mm-hmm. and what Alex said a couple of shows ago is they're going after this new market at the expense of their existing market. Well, and I think you and I talked about it too, Todd. I mean, I think I think there's a couple things at play. Like they're going after, they're, they're doing a, I mean, I'm just going to say it. The, um, they have a message and I've talked and it's funny I've had long conversations with folks in marketing about this who don't know anything about many but I've explained to them the situation and we've had we've had conversations about it over drinks they are trying to connect many to something like you know to basically like a, a, a lifestyle and sort of the notion of like craftsmanship and artisanal goods and all these things that you know you could probably like you know you you it, let me put it this way: It's incredibly difficult to connect a, a mass-produced vehicle that's produced in a factory to artisanal goods made down the street by a guy in overalls. Like, so just just like let's just say that's true, right? Like, uh-huh. it's really hard to do. Like, they could do it. Like, marketing is is magic. You could make it happen, but you better be firing on all cylinders and you better nail the message you better nail the activation you better nail every single aspect every single touch point every single message you better make people believe the almost impossible if you're going to nail that message and so okay so with that said how are they doing really badly they're really doing badly at nailing the message they're doing really badly at making people believe i have seen one event where they've done it which was the clubman introduction in chicago which was a which was an actual event they did a fantastic job problem is they did like five of those across the nation you can't scale that well and so what, so what did they do after that they did a super bowl commercial do you remember the super bowl commercial i actually forgot it until i recently looked at it again oh no gabe you don't I, watch enough to, I, I of all the people on this show i'm the one who watches a lot of tv and they keep hammering this super bowl commercial it shows up all the time and every time i see it i cringe a little bit because i'm like it's not a it's it's a great so campaign overall but it's a poor though. it's a poor execution so i agree with message. you totally but here's the other problem todd so the demographic that they're trying to go after and maybe it's the wrong demographic i don't know that's not my point but my point is the demographic they're trying to go after doesn't watch tv no no they don't they don't watch tv they right. watch at best they watch netflix right at best right and so what are you doing spending money on tv are you kidding me like, like what are you buick which like, is why my family and friends people who do watch tv um are going you know i see i keep seeing this commercial and i scratch my head can you explain to me what the hell that commercial right. means about defying labels and it's the short version of the commercial that was on the super bowl the one where you know you've got serena williams going this is not a chick car and right. you've got uh, um you know uh, uh, randy johnson going this is a short person's car yeah no it's and it's great it's it's great because it's 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 easy to pick it apart i hate to say it yeah i, it I, had, a, I had a i had again i had some conversation with with a, a head of marketing at a, at a pretty large company not too long ago and we were talking about it and she was saying you know what's interesting for people who don't know the brand, which is the majority of human beings, let's just say that. Well, it's right. such a they, niche market. I mean, yeah, they immediately hear that message and think there's something wrong with the brand. <laughs> oh, what are you fighting against? <laughs> yes, you know, exactly. Like, what did you used to have a problem with? <laughs> like, why? Like, oh, did something suck at some point? Like, now you're better. Like, what's going on? And it's it's like it's like a back foot. 
you know, message. So, you know, so let like me ask this. Message. So let me ask this question, and I want to hear from DB and Chad also. So, so my question is, and and we saw this uh, a couple of years ago when David Duncan did the message, and we all saw that little video of him, and he goes, "Here's the problem: is that Mini is perceived as a company, as a car that is frivolous." feminine, silly, and goofy, okay? And they tried to get away from that. And I think, Gabe, like you said, is that this message they're trying to say is, we're not those things. And I'm like, wait, this has been successful for 14 years. Of course you're these things. Embrace yeah. it and make the freaking money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's why do you have to change? Things weren't going badly. They just wanted yeah. something different. And we're going, well... You know, like, I, yeah. DB, I want to hear. It's like new Coke. It's a little bit, you know. Like new Coke. <laughs> Everything's going well and sales are great, and we decide to. Those are awesome. Well, hey, let's change the recipe. <laughs> yeah. What happened? It backfired, and what they had to do then they had to bring back old Coke, and they had to call it classic Coke, which ended up saving their butts. Maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're trying to, you know, recover and they come back with, oh, it's the new cool mini thing or whatever, and. You know, they'll bring back the ultimate driving machine or some shit. Who knows? And it'll turn out to be, a, a you know, sell a million cars. Chad, yeah. your, your turn. I, I, I see, you know, with this whole, you know, premium brand products and stuff, I just see it as a stepping stone. It's like, we don't really want to sell you a Mini. We want to sell you a BMW. Mm. Eh, there's maybe a little bit. And I think that the and, problem, yeah. You know, I, I still miss, like, being able to go into a Mini dealer and being able to buy a nicely, you know, fairly nicely equipped, performance car for around that twenty four, twenty five hundred dollars or twenty five thousand dollars, you know? Yeah. Because I bought mine for twenty four thousand. And it had still a leather interior and heated seats and a couple of I know the Hermit Carden, a couple of nice things, but I didn't get the sunroof, I didn't get all this stuff, but I still kept that at a price point that I wanted and made it super fun. They need to make another car that is totally in that low price range bracket that's kind of well, stripped down. That's not going to be $30,000. I, yeah. I have a thought here. I just want to throw this out there. So um, I have a, so I can tell you, Chad, so yes, so Chad. So I, I think one of the things that I have learned recently is that your argument, the, the one you just said, is one I've heard many times. Mm -hmm. And many has heard it and knows it and has listened and is trying to figure that out. Okay, about and let me the, let me throw the, the, the lower price cars but or he, the buy a BMW. Basically saying why? No, no, not the BMW part. Okay, why? Why was the R53 in 2002 so appealing? And here's the so, thing: is it wasn't cheap get, in 2000. In 2002 and 2003, when I bought my car, I spent twenty six thousand dollars on my Cooper S, and it was moderately equipped. It didn't have every option, but in 2003, you could have gone out and bought a really decent car for still thirteen thousand dollars. Okay, so the Mini was comparatively expensive. I think we're all looking at oh, it, yeah. and, and mentally yeah, we're it, thinking, it, oh, I remember $26,000. Yeah, that seems like it was yesterday. No, that was 14 years ago when yeah, we no, did I that. Think you're, you're right. You're well, right. Like Tom, you can go. I think it doesn't change the fact that people's, uh, uh, you know, sometimes some people's incomes haven't changed that much. That's no. true, and that's a problem with the so American economy. There's a lot of people, and that's not Mini's problem, no. but it's a problem. No. So there's a lot of people out there who look at it and say, you know what, that's great. Cars have gotten more expensive. Guess what? I only make $3,000 more than I did 15 years ago. So, so 
a few. And yeah. I think and you know what? And DB, you're kind of in that case. That's why you bought a used mini, right? Yeah, I'm in that I'm in that case too. But something else to Chad's point a little bit is not only could you know you back in the R50 R53 days you could buy a really nice car. I mean, shit, Roxy was fully loaded and it cost 24 grand. But not only could you buy a car for less than $30,000, but you could buy a car for less than $30,000 and either of which was in the top 10 of best handling cars according to Motor Trend. Right. And it's no yeah. longer there. That is no longer the case. And it was also a little cheaper to fix back in the days. These newer cars are a lot more expensive and there's a lot of dealer stuff. Just cars. And, and, general chat, all cars are that way. Well, yeah, but the, the newer stuff nowadays, I mean, it is really costing consumers quite a bit of money and there's a lot of stuff that have to be done by the dealers or somebody that is really skillful because you can't replace a item x on your car without coating it to it or what you know so, so the 50, the 53s didn't have that problem i mean so here's you can what take we're, almost anything from any car and make it work so here's what we're saying there's a, there's a ton of issues that we have it's a very complex thing we can't pin it down to one thing we can't pin it down to the fact that it's marketing no it's not all marketing we can't pin it down to the fact that the car has gotten more soft and and i hate to use the word boring but yeah the car's gotten more boring it's just like any other car because it has except right. with the exception of and I keep pounding this drum, when you buy a JCW like mine, I love my car. I love everything about my car, but you know, by the time you're done getting it there, it's $43,000. So I'll, I'll disagree with you a little bit. I, I, so I do want to say, like, you, there's a point to be made, and you're making a really interesting one. When I was at MCTS, and I'm sure you were too, in the Rise and Shine, mm -hmm. and you saw all 1,000 cars drive away. Right. How crazy was it when the F55 drove by after you saw like four r53s uh like it, it like it seemed like it floated by right yeah <laughs> it was like a sedan hear, it was like what is that doing? Hear it. what's that doing here it just like <laughs> it just like glided by and i mean i i have a clubman i love my clubman you could you would pry my clubman out of my dead hands because i love it so much sorry for the language yeah that's it minute 20 like 43 by the way <laughs> um <laughs> but in all seriousness like i love it but like there there's a there's a distinct difference now like there is a difference and you know and i think that people the reality is people kind of like that a lot of people like that especially people who are getting older who are kind of quote unquote growing out of the brand it's bringing them back into the brand to some degree now that doesn't change the fact that you're saying there's not excitement at every level. And I agree with you because I think you used to be able to order a Mini in 2003. The, the, the old chassis was basically you could order anything, and it was pretty pretty interesting. I would argue that the Mini is still, at any level, pretty interesting. But now you have to be a little bit more careful in how you order things, or at the very least, if you want to get the most out of the Mini, you want to order things well. Where I disagree with you, though, Todd, is that I believe that the stripped out cooper with a manual nope nope i had one for two years gabe you forget no i i mean i've driven it many times i think it's a great car no it's, it's, I think it's so much fun i'm not gonna it's, call it's it horrible so, but i'm gonna call it it's so lighter that car is lighter it's the lightest mini they've ever sold you're i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree with you almost 100 percent because no, it, we, it's a fun car the ratio i like i mean everything about it is fun don't get me wrong it was fun, okay? Like in the landscape I mean, of the American cars that are You're in a you're in an area where it's very flat or not very flat. You actually have hills, but it's very like straight lines. Like you you uh, No, I'm not buying that. Nope. You nope. need power. Well, I think what Todd's saying is, you know, it's not that uh 
moddable car that a lot of the customers want, though. Like, there's nothing you could do to that car. So that's that car was as it was. Skip it pretty pretty easily. Here, here's what I'm saying: is after two years with an F56 Cooper, manual transmission, loaded, nav, everything. This car was comfortable. It had the tech. It had the highest tech you could get on the car at the time. It was tossable, and it was fun in the corners. When you when you really push this car. It could be fun. It had a lot of torque. Alex was here last fall and drove it, and he goes, you know what? This is a decent car. I, I kind of like it. However, in comparison to, and, and the reason we stepped back to a 2013 Roadster, other than you pulled the top down. Wait, you got a Roadster? Yeah, Gabe, we bought a Roadster. We had a 2013. Oh, my God. We traded yeah, that's my in, favorite all the time. I can't believe you bought it. That's good for you. You should listen to the show. Yeah, we tra- we traded and in. I, the- <laughs> I, I don't listen to anything anymore. That's okay. No idea. Here's the, here's the story. We traded in a 2014 Cooper manual that was loaded um, on a 2013 Cooper S Roadster with a JCW upgrade. Okay, it has a JCW exterior pack. It looks exactly like the motoring file uh, Roadster that you had for a while, and um, we absolutely it is ten times the car that the F56 is. And so, it's two years know, I think it's a different, like, you know. Yeah, it's more fun. But the handling, the power, everything, it's it was worth it. And um, here's the thing about the price, too. I would, I would also say, like, in a lot of ways, it's 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 not. I mean, it's not near as good. In some ways, it's better. You know, like, there, yeah. there's a lot of things. There's, there's, there's a lot of things that go into cars that make them just simply different. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of, of auto enthusiasts are – this is not unique to many, by the way. Is when you start reading automotive news and, and information and, and forums and things like this, everybody laments for it. They want things like they used to be. They, so, yeah, yeah. they want the, you know, uh, the classic BMW 2002. They want the – what the what is the famous one? The E36 M3, right? Or, yeah. E30 M3. E30 M3. Yeah. E30 M3. They want, you know, this classic raw feeling. They want the, the 2006 GP, the R53 GP, which is so an no. amazing car. But none of us are getting that in any brand right now, so we're having to settle. And what we're saying is I think there are other cars out there that are outperforming the Mini. And I think DB kind of alluded to that also, is and Chad did. For this price range, you can get a car that outperforms the Mini for less money and that's well, a when problem. When has the Mini ever outperformed anything in its price range? I don't mean outperform. And I say outperform when I mean it's more fun to drive. I think there are cars out there that might be more fun to drive than a Mini for less money. And that's a problem for Mini. And that's a perception. That is, that's, that's an issue. It's a perception problem for Mini. And they've got to do something about it. But and, I think – so here – so I would – I'll still – I will argue with you forever because I think the Cooper – with a manual and the three the three cylinder turbo. I mean, number one, I'll say it again. If if you took the if you took the uh, the um, safety equipment off of it, like they added a safety equipment that wasn't there in 2002, and I've spoken <laughs> with many about this before. Yeah, it's it's dramatically lighter than the than the R50. It is, and but so it's also softer. It's, it's dramatic. It's got way more power. It's got it's got way more torque, and you can't in the United States you can't get the sports suspension anymore, right? Yeah, right. but it's, it's there's your problem. Yeah, you can't yeah. get the sports. Suspension. But so you used to the one I drove for for a while had that. So it's it's I mean all round like it's it's a it, and it's like to be honest with you the sports suspension isn't even required. Like the body roll is kind of fun. Like it's an it feels like a classic car. And to me that car the DNA in that car is closer to the R50 and the R53 than anything many sells. I don't know. All I can say is we drove one for two years and and I drove it on a weekly almost daily basis. And I disagree. And this is just personal experience. I had the GP, which is the 
polar opposite. Well, of, that's of the that F probably system. clouded your judgment a little bit. It probably <laughs> did, but at the same time, and then we also had the F fifty six JCW in comparison to it, and I realized this is the same generation car. Okay, you're you're at the polar extremes of horsepower of these two vehicles and the polar extremes of handling because I've got it dialed in with the pro suspension and all the performance oh, yeah. products, the 18 inch wheels, everything, right? So you're at the polar extremes and the gap is just way too big. So, But our- I think that's kind of the problem. It's like if you, if you look at a, a classic car, for instance, you know, like, I don't know, whatever, some classic car and you drive a modern car, like let's say you drive an E30 M3. I mean, and then you go drive a brand new M4. But Chad, you, you, if you are like, if you are like looking at it from a quantitative standpoint, you'll be like, "What the hell? The M3's got body roll. The like, brakes aren't that great. Uh, you know, it's like the mid range is like, you know, it doesn't get good until like the mid range and upper range. Like, wow, and it doesn't have low end torque. Like, that's you know, it's like. But I mean, and the opinion that I just said is totally right. Like, it's totally right. <laughs> but it's about your context in some ways. It you know, is. like if you have that that other car in the garage that you know that clouds your judgment like i totally get it like it, it contextually makes the other car look kind of like a dog i mean chad you've got one in your house you've got a classic in your in your household right now the uh the vintage cabrio vw right oh yeah yeah right and and that car's fun to drive isn't it in all of its lack of tech super, and super fun to drive there's actually no stereo in it right now i i don't even want to turn it on when there was one uh, you know, we put the top down, roll the windows down, and you drive around with a smile. It is very easy and fun to drive, and we enjoy it. And so what and I'm saying so how, it was... How could, how could a modern car company build that, Chad? How do you think they could do that? I don't know. Uh, well, you know, it is hard with, uh, with as many government regulations as what? there are nowadays to do that. Um, you know, there are things about this car that definitely uh, scare me a little bit. I mean, the doors are paper thin, um, <laughs> li- literally. It was built before side impact crash standards were even anything anybody cared about. Right, right. And I'm sure if we were in a major car crash with this car, I mean, it would definitely uh, be a hospital know, show show its uh, <laughs> you know true colors because you know braking and and all that, but how how would they go about doing that i i don't know i mean it's going to be a mix of of trying to find that fun sporty car whether it's they're they're trying to make that that s2000 with modern stuff or the mini with some modern stuff or well i'm you know, gonna... whatever iconic car that has always you know there there are multiple cars throughout everybody's car line that has been like that awesome and we've been talking with this mm-hmm. with customers like this that R53 Mini Cooper S is going to be kind of like the BMW 2002 or the S2000 or something along that lines that people are like, man, I've always wanted one of those cars. I'm going to get it, and now I'm got it. You know, because I'm still mm-hmm. doing a ton of R53 work, tons. Yeah, so. I think it's interesting. I, I think I mean I I think I wrote an article in like 2003 about that. Like I think that that you're totally right. By the way, um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I have a BMW 2002 in route. Nice. Uh oh. You really? So yeah. Did you buy it? Yeah. Ah, oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm gonna answer Chad's question or answer Gabe's question of like, how does a car company do that? Right now, for me, it's the JCW. The 2016 JCW, I think, is um, nearly perfect. Uh, I just put 4,600 miles on it across the country and did a lot of flat, straight driving, but also did a lot of twisty 
extremely fun driving through mountains through the uh, uh, Black Hills National Forest in uh, in South Dakota, which was just purely brilliant. Even through the deserts of, when TB, you're familiar with these, from California, from Vegas to uh, to Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. You know, I drove through all these cities that I've heard B- DB's talking about for years yeah. driving through. But some of these roads are really pretty fun. I mean, lots of elevation changes, not a no, lot of curves. You did, you did the road from, you went through Vidal Junction up in the Needles that way, the back way, didn't you? Yes, yes. Yeah, isn't that road awesome? Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. Scary as shit because you're out there going... If if I have a breakdown, I'm screwed. I have no cell service, and there's nothing but rattlesnakes and scorpions for miles. <laughs> there's Verizon service out there. Yeah, it's it, it was pretty bad. But anyway, the point is, I think in answer to Gabe's question, how does a car company do that today? My answer is the JCW, and it, they do it very well. However, for forty grand, yeah, a I'm, lot of I'm people are priced like, out of that? the they're priced out of being able to do that. That price tag is huge, and, and and when you get into these cars that are hundred thousand dollars, it's like wow, I could go buy a house for half that, and you know live comfortably for a long time, or and, you know not have these major payments. And and so here's what brings it full circle: is I think many realizes this, and that's why their marketing is where it is. Is they're saying this is a premium car, which in a in a word saying this is an expensive car, okay. To, to get the kind of fun you want is you're going to have to make the kind of money and you're going to have to pay the kind of money to get it. And that's where we are. Do you think that they would have said that if they could, they could bet that the, you, that the, the English pound was going to be destroyed and totally weak I mean, yeah. and they could make, they could like double the profit on every car? Yeah, because no. I mean, here's here's the reality, that that strategy is born out of necessity. Right, it if, really is. If they didn't have to do that, like they're gonna want to make it premium, but they didn't have to push premium. You know, they've been well, wanting to push premium for a long time. Here's but the, guess what? So is every other automaker. Here's the problem, Gabe, is that in 2003 when I bought my Mini Cooper, it felt premium in comparison to what like. Uh, uh, at the time, my wife and I went to the auto show, yeah. and we sat in every car, and Mini was the last car we got into. We were looking at everything from a Honda Element, which they were still making at the time, to a uh, um, the Pontiac, or what it was, the Vibe, and the Slash, whatever the other version of the Vibe was, the Matrix, the Toyota Matrix, that um, Scion was not quite out yet. It was another year later. But, you know, we sat in Fords and all of these, and these cars felt cheap. You got in the Mini in 2003, and it felt premium. And I think the problem is is that people's perceptions is what's wrong. And it's like, screw perceptions. Sell the damn car and let people be enlightened by it and go to the dealer and drive it and go, this is way more than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. And I think marketing has failed. They're like, they're going the wrong direction. Instead of, you know, saying, this car's premium, let people figure it out for themselves and just cash the damn checks for people buying the cars. Right. And I think it's tricky because they, they, they have to sell in quantity. Right. You know, and so if you, and, and I mean, obviously they're, they're, they're not doing that right now, but um, so they have to sell it in quantity. So, you, Chad, you mentioned the S2000. The S2000 is a famous example of a failed car. Didn't sell. Honda. Yeah, didn't sell very well. Didn't sell. Now, I would argue it was probably ultimately profitable because it was a halo car. Right. But yeah. many can't afford to be a halo car. You know, like no. GPs may be a halo car. So how do you – I mean, this is a rhetorical question, but, you know, so how do you market the the notion of, like, fun to drive and be authentic about it, like, a.k.a. actually be fun to drive, but then market it to people who 
like the idea of fun to drive, but actually don't know what the hell that even means. All right, right. so we're going to bring Wait. it full. We're going to bring it full circle here. Circle here because I'm going to answer your question, and it comes back to many takes the states, and how many takes the states has changed in ten years. Ten years ago, and we got this from our good friend Eric Kennedy, who went to uh, at least one of the stops. I think he was at Baltimore or Pittsburgh or someplace like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And he did say that it felt different. He goes, it used to be about the car where they had all of the models there and you could drive them and there was autocross courses and it was about the car. And now this past year, it's been about, it was about charity this year. Let's face it. The, the big push this year was Feeding America. Completely noble uh, uh, pursuit, don't get me wrong. They raised enough money to feed 1.3, to, to serve 1.3 million meals, which is incredible. And kudos to Minnie for doing that. However, what has changed in the 10 years was this used to be about a thanks to the owners and a, a spreading of the joy of many of like, look how much fun we're having. Now, there was a certain aspect of that this year, but we I have now heard this from multiple people is that it felt different this year. It wasn't so much about the car. It was more about this ethos of something else that nobody could really grasp or put their fingers on or explain in a sentence. So that's what I didn't get, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like, I, actually, I didn't feel that. I, I it, did. It felt it felt like it it always did. Like hanging out with the people and being a part of each of the events. It was the same conversations. It was different because now there's like sort of sex, you know, within you know within the mini ownership. But um, it the same enthusiasm was there. The same. Sp- Miles, the same laughing, like the same experiences. So I, and, and I, I don't know. That, I, mean, I, I read the same thing, and I heard it from a bunch of people. And I went in thinking, "Wow, that that's that's exactly what I'm going to find." And I, I really didn't find it that much. I don't know, Gabe. I think the, I think what you did was once you got out a little bit more and were at a few more stops, I realized that that feeling was still there. However, that feeling was coming from people who were driving ten and twelve year old cars. Okay, it was a big difference. The the in talking to the new owners, the people driving around in the F-54s, the people driving around in F-56s, the new cars, it was a different attitude. It wasn't bad. It was just different, and the level of enthusiasm was different. They were like, look at these stickers I put on my car. It wasn't, oh, I got a 15% pulley, and I got an intake and an exhaust, and I put Iridium plugs in here, and I've got a, a you know um, a lighter crank pulley and and all this these people who knew these things and they were into modding the car and they were enthusiasts i think the the term enthusiast has changed now people are like well i bet it's changed for i mean across all of the automotive landscape it has it has and that's what i said in in the beginning of the show so i think the longer you spend around these people at many takes estates you know the more you start to to realize that the the ownership has shifted a bit and that's not a bad thing, but I think our question is, and this is something we're going to continue to talk about for the months ahead, is how does many capitalize on this to, to change the landscape of sales? We can't just continue to bash the car is soft. We can't just continue to say marketing sucks. Um, it's not working and clearly from sales. Now it's time to go. How does many fix this? And it's the, it's the problem that Jim McDowell said to me years ago is that the company's so big it's like turning a steamship on the ocean that's it that's going at full bore when you when you make a turn it takes a really really long time well and, and it's automotive cycles you know it's like yeah. the, these and and so i'll 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 stop and say I disagree with you i think the current car is actually 
really pretty good. I think that there's things to improve, just like there were things to improve in different ways. So, you know, did they swing the pendulum too far in one direction? You could argue that. But I think that they're, generally speaking, really good. I, uh, my Cooper S I had last year, I loved. My club in Cooper S right now is the second best money I've ever owned. I absolutely love it. Now, that said, I will tell you right now, I will, I will readily tell anyone when their marketing is bad, that their marketing is bad. And until that day, I will say, Mini's marketing is not hitting the spot. I think the truth lies within the product. Right. And they need to find, they need to find a way to satisfy the base. And they need to be able to do that with a $24,000 car that comes with a few key options that people are happy about that has a power weight ratio that's roughly at the R53 level. And that feels fun. And I think that's I think that's exactly what both DB and Chad said early in the show today. Is is we're all in agreement there. Is that finding that yep. special sauce of a car that's fun to drive, that's not so damn expensive that you have to spend. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the new JCW is worth every damn penny of forty to forty three thousand dollars when you put all the fun bits on it. Okay. Yeah, why can't I buy a Cooper with sports suspension? That would make me super happy. Well, that's the issue, yeah. DB. You're right. Yeah. Like that to me. Like the, 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 I, they have all the parts. They the, have all the parts. The F56 Cooper has the power to weight of an R53. Yeah. But so it's, what if they? So what if they had a with the magic number? And now it's just exactly a, driving a Camry. Yep. You know. So just, no, actually, DB it has way more because it, it it actually it it actually weighs it weighs less than R53. I mean, I know it's got all the like if you take away all the all the added equipment, it weighs dramatically less. I think it's right <laughs> around this weight, but it's got more torque, right? Why can't I just get a Cooper with a with a you know with sports suspension? Yeah, because the so performance. I argue. Well, it's not sports suspension. I argue that they should produce a Cooper S version of the Cooper. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but that's what they should do. Yeah, I hear you. Like I don't think I understand. That be called a it's an entry. S. It's an entry level nope. Cooper S. Basically. Nope. It's 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 what the Cooper S used to be. Right. Like a Cooper S one. Yeah. Seriously, I don't know what they call it, but it's like imagine an R fifty three version of the Cooper. That's what I want. Like a Cooper Plus. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. So you want like you want. You want, all the, you want all the stuff from an S. You want a JCW Cooper, but with yeah, like a JCW. Yeah, Cooper. yeah. All the stuff with, that you get with an S, but still having the three-cylinder turbocharged motor. The lighter car. Yeah. You know, like I want less weight on the wheels. Yeah, a JCW. I want, I'm with Chad. That's what that's what yeah. they need to do. Like full that's, JCW, that's the, not just like JCW parts, like body kit and interior. Right. The like exhaust and exhaust suspension. And yeah. suspension and intake. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, it could cost like thirty grand or less. All right, there we've just solved Minnie's problem. They just need to listen to us and make it happen because they can do it with parts that are available now. They can do it. Maybe not the exhaust. Maybe not the exhaust. Well, I don't know. It's it's not going to be expensive to shift things around a little bit and go. You need to re just completely sh put this thing in a in a big bowl and shake it up. Yeah. And pull yeah. out and pull out some good because the parts are there. I think we've all agreed. You know what? The F56 is not a bad car, but we mm -hmm. don't rave about it like we did my 2003 Cooper. I had to tell everyone who was around me, grab them by the 
the the caller and say this car is so freaking good you have to go buy one yeah and most of those people wanted to know about it as yeah. bad as you wanted to tell those people about it and so and that's another problem is the car's just getting old and it's it's aged too but that's that's another issue and i think now we just have to wrap up this conversation because we've got a great interview um alex and i had some time with uh, charlie and sean from from motor trend we talked about a lot of these topics and i think it's going to be a nice uh uh kind of end point for this we will definitely continue this conversation as we go. But uh, before we do that, DB, I think you should pay some more bills. I do. I want to tell you guys really quick about one more uh, about our friends over at CravenSpeed. CravenSpeed.com. First of all, I want you to stop what you're doing. I want you to click over to CravenSpeed.com. I want you to do it now. They've made a new website, and it looks freaking awesome. And I want you guys to check it out. And when you get over there, I want you to click into the mini section, and I want you to buy all the things. I want you to go look at the dipstick that you can get for the first-gen and second-gen cars. It's one that you can read, and it won't break, and it comes in and goes out really easy. I want you to look at the platypus license plate mount if you live in a state where you are have to have a front license plate. This way you don't have to drill your bumper. I want you to look at the stubby antenna just because it looks kind of cool. And, of course, if you need a way to hold your Mini in your car, the FlexPod adapter can't be beat. Honestly, that's what I've got in my car. I love it. Go over there. Check them out. That's CravenSpeed.com. And what you do is when you get over there is I want you to go place an order for some things. If you'd be so kind you know be kind of nice um do that maybe even get like one of those fancy gear shift levers or you know gear shift knobs you can get custom stuff on the top it's really rad go get one of those and then when you check out there's a place there to leave a comment i want you to say thanks for supporting white roof radio we really appreciate that so do they they of course in this case is our friends over at craven speed uh, cravenspeed.com serving you from portland oregon since uh, 2003 good grief really it's a long time and we're an OG sponsor of uh, White Roof Radio and Motoring File as well. Badass. Uh, roll that beautiful MTTS footage. Good man. Todd and Alex here at the uh, at the end of Many Takes the States, and we're here with uh, Charlie and Sean from uh, the Motor Trend Podcast. Guys, how are you doing? Pretty good. Yourself? Yeah, good. That was Sean. I, this is Charlie. I spent the day with Sean in the car, so I'm a little iffy right now, but it's getting better. So uh, did you have the car in green mode the whole day? Green mode was just a go mode to uh, put on sport mode, and that's where it stayed the entire time. I heard a guy named Todd once say that green mode is just like cutting off your... <laughs> cutting the testes off your off your mini. And uh, Alex, you rode shotgun today in the JCW. What did you think? And you've got your own JCW, but yours is automatic. Mine's manual. What were your thoughts? No, the car is, uh, is a little bit better than mine, obviously, uh, because of the suspension and uh, manual, you know, can't be on automatic for most people it doesn't for me but for most people so it's a good car uh, and yeah road shotgun today and I'm glad I didn't have to pay for gas I saved my penny to feed uh, Charlie tonight so <laughs> Charlie's a french fry holic um, I'm gonna say that right now I got five french fries from you and they they weren't even the way that I expected them to be and I imagine any fry in front of you is a french fry anyway that's because we're not in France that's what it is <laughs> The freedom fries here. So. Yeah, they're free for Charlie fries. <laughs> that is awesome. So we just came from the the final, well, the 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 penultimate, the second to the last event for Mini Takes the States this year. We were at the uh, what do I want to say, the Palm Springs Air Museum, where they have a bunch of vintage aircraft, and these are all flyable airplanes. And it was the final event, and and sadly there was a brownout in Palm Springs today. So, which caused a lot of electrical issues, and the air conditioning was on the fritz here. And it is currently, it's 10 o'clock at night in Palm Springs and 104 degrees. So how was the evening for you guys? A little sweaty? You know, it's been sweat, it's been air conditioning all day. Like, 
very salty is, is what I'd like to say. I feel like a sailor, even though we, we were around all of these great planes from uh, World War II and aircraft carriers, and like, I feel like we just served a tour. Yeah, it was a bet, Charlie. No, I gotta say, you know, I just am going crazy. Of course, Sean's uh, loves older aircraft, World War II uh, historian. I remember reading the uh, the Battle of Britain and, and Midway, and I was just, you know, I still am awestruck at the Corsair, the prop in front of that thing. I just think it's remarkable. And but we're standing there, I can just feel the sweat rolling down my back. I'm going to, is it raining here? No, we're just standing in Palm Springs in what seems like uh, August, but it's late July. It was, and I, I think I walked up to, to Pat McKenna, and his first words were, hot enough for you? And then, can I buy you a drink? <laughs> so, it was it was a little warm there tonight, so, you know, we spent a couple of hours at the evening event, which was, I mean, many puts on a good show. You guys have been here since Vegas, the last couple, and is this your first Mini Takes the States, or have you guys done any of the other ones? So, we actually kicked off the last Mini Takes the States from San Francisco to Reno, so this is kind of our bookend piece, you know, we're able to kind of close it out. And uh, it seems like there's a bunch more cars this time. It's awesome talking with you guys. And, uh, you know, we have a whole new car. Uh, we've got the Clubman, which we got to drive, which was a pretty fun drive. So tell me about the Clubman. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on the new Clubman? Oh, where to start, my friend? Uh, first of all, it it's fun. It's still a Mini, and it still feels like a Mini coming out the, uh, the, the driver's side. But... Um, it feels kind of big and more of a grand tour. It's not as just a little peppy, fun, toss-around thing. This is more of that, that car that if you want to take the family across country, you'd toss them in and buy one of the like three station wagons available for sale in the U.S. So a, a little lunky, a little bit bigger than the, than the hardtop. And, and you're a Mini fan and a Mini owner, right? You've had, you got the GP2. Yeah, I had the I have the GP2. I had the WC50 before that. So, you know, I think my expectations are a, a little bit... Uh, uh, different than uh, some other people's but um, in general uh, it, it was a little uh, there was more turbo lag than I thought there'd be and you can definitely feel the extra weight and the size of the car um, the interior felt really nice except for the uh, the, the speedometer tachometer uh, uh, binnacle which again to me just feels a, a little cheap and um, uh, kind of an afterthought compared to what uh, is for the most part a really nice interior yeah I think they've really stepped it up in the Clubman, but uh, Charlie, what are your thoughts on it? Well, you know, a couple comments to add to, to what Sean was saying was it, was it was nice that it had the power in the passing mode. I mean, when we were at speed and we needed to get around something, it seemed like it was all there. So a little bit laggy in the front, but uh, at speed, it was all there. And then the other thing that was interesting, it was it didn't feel as fast as we were going. So a lot of times we're cruising along and was stable on the roadway. And all of a sudden we look down and we are going faster than the car feels like it's going. In, in, in a broad speed range for that matter. And it got, got to be a game, it's like, how fast do you think we're going right now? And it was like, you would always under gas because it just felt pretty stable and calm. Now, to some that's a compliment, to others it's being, you know, you don't have as much road feel. It's in, uh, but um, that was an interesting takeaway. Yeah, and I think that kind of adds to like this, it, it would be a great cross country touring car. Um, is it going to get your blood pressure up going to the grocery on, on a Tuesday night? Uh, probably not. And every time I drive the GP, uh, which has plenty of room in the back for groceries, uh, I still get a, a, a nice, happy uh, happy feel in the gut. Okay, so from a comparison standpoint, I think it's great. You're going from the GP to this Clubman. Uh, the closest car I drove to this vehicle was this week-long 1,000-kilometer uh, trip in a Cinquecento and a Fiat 500. And so this vehicle... What's a kilometer? Well, it's, it's, 
it's a little bit warmer than a Celsius. I think. It's like a mile, but it's can, more Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> it's a exactly. But I gotta say again, a definite step up in spirit for the for what I'm what I'm used to. The man with the uh, the, the mini and a couple Porsches certainly a step down. But I'm just reminded of the, the you know the. Re- it may not all be there, but I'll talk to you about somebody that doesn't spend as much time in the car, that it, it is, for a car that size, more spirited than most of the, any of the other ones that I drive. So, that, just throwing it out there. That, that would be a positive, by the way. Well, <laughs> <laughs> was I convincing? <laughs> and, and to the counterpoint, Alex and I spent the day in the JCW, and, and like I just said, Alex bought a JCW just, you've had it almost a month now, right? Um, and I've had mine four months. And it seems to me to be the, it's what Mini used to be, but you have to spend 40000 plus to get the Mini that you used to get for 25000 10 years ago, right? Well, that's a, and Sean and I were talking about that, and I pulled the sticker. They had two in the car, and we pulled it out, and, and ours was over 40000 I mean, it started off at around twenty-seven, but by the time you added everything in there, and we kind of wanted to de- deconstruct all of those items, and again, with almost a sad tone in his voice, and I'm speaking for him, it's like, you see, I mean, it's just, it's going out of price range. I mean, one of the original joys of the Mini was a standalone, relatively inexpensive vehicle, it was so much fun to drive, and it was all there. And now it's getting, you know, it's getting filled with luxury items, which cost money, and therefore the car gets up there. But our case has always been for, and I've seen, I see them go out of our dealer on a regular basis every week at 40 plus, and as much as 46. And I've seen two or three clubmen go out of our dealer at 46 thousand dollars. And then my mind starts to think, you know, for 46 grand, you can get a really nice Evoque. You can get a, a loaded X1. For 40 grand, which seems like even more luxury, because the head-up display in those vehicles is legitimate head-up display on the screen. It's not this hanky little flop-up screen that you get, and the leather is more luxury, I think, in both a Land Rover and an X1. And the X1 has the exact same engine, right? So, tell me in comparison, say those two vehicles, and there's probably uh, there's probably a ton of other vehicles for 46 grand. Well, yeah, and and like when I look at this car, I, I think of it as kind of a family car, and like if I'm gonna spend like 47, 48, 50 thousand on on a family car, it's, it's probably gonna be like an Audi All Road or something. Right. I mean, a, a car that can really handle some stuff, high luxury, good design, and you know, it, it's an Audi, and that kind of counts for something. So your thoughts on the and and, and we've commented on this and. and credit to Jalopnik for coining the term hipster malarkey of this being a premium product and they're charging a premium price for it. Do you think minis price themselves out considering sales where they are now? They're down you know, double digits for the year, like 17% for the year for the first six months. Do you think they've priced themselves out in this premium market because the competition for the dollar seems to be so much more premium than it is? Well, again, if you talk about just a small car in a niche market, and, and I already mentioned the Cinquecento or the Fiat 500. When that came out, I mean, it was thousands of dollars less than that Mini. I mean, it's in the in the teens as a base price as opposed to the mid-20s for the Mini. Now you're talking about 40000 So for that type of car, it's way up there. And then compact cars overall have suffered for a couple of reasons where people are getting much more comfortable in these CUVs and these SUVs that have do have a little bit more room. They are getting accomplished mileage uh, and comparable. I mean, shoot, the Clubman had a sticker of, of 27. Um, you know, I know an Outback gets 30, 
uh, you have to deal with a CVT you know, when that's doing that, but it's certainly a, a bigger vehicle in all-wheel drive. So it's, it's a lot of things at play here. You go back to that original iconic design and that fun-to-drive car that's just remarkable, and then you say, how far can you stretch it? And the conversation almost comes around supporting the brand, supporting really what it is, and if they're going to be bringing in fewer, then they better cost more money to you know, keep the, the brand alive. But it's, it's unfortunate because I don't know how to sustain that. And I got to say that you know when the Mini first came out, it was, as somebody that observed the market day in and day out, it was amazing to me how long it stayed popular and how long it was in great demand and how long everybody still wanted one. And I, and I, keep, I kept waiting for the time when everyone that really wanted one had one and then it just kind of settled down if that's the right thing. I know that no brand is waiting for a, its model to settle down, but it just seems like is this then the natural transition for this and, and you know it's a great thing to talk about as you guys do on White Roof Radio going forward, where is the future for it? And, and I think ultimately the question is, is it sustainable? And like we've seen, sales get to the point where it's plateaued in the U.S. The rest of the world is doing great, which is blowing our minds that the rest of the world's sales are up. The U.S. seems to be the only market out of 88-some markets that many sells around the world where sales are down. And so I think we have all are asking that question rhetorically. Has many hit its peak? Do they need to do something different? And what is that different thing they need to do to correct? Well... So I think part of it, uh, what Charlie was talking about, is that original design um, was kind of timeless. And I, I don't think there are many people, even lovers of the current car, even as a JCW, um, that would say that the current design is timeless. Um, it, and design is very subjective, but you're going for a very upscale, high-level interior, and then you have an exterior that, to me, still is not super homogenized. Like, you've got a front end that, for the European reason, um, we'll just put that in quotes, is is longer than it probably needs to be visually. Um, we've lost a little bit of that snubby uh, uh, bulldog kind of look. We have kind of cartoony uh, uh, taillights going on. And then that it, just as a whole, it doesn't feel homogenized. And I think if you want to go up brand, you want to go upscale, make the exterior look upscale as well. It's very busy right now. Give us something um, like some of the, uh, what was the... Um, the, the two-seat Roadster concept that... that uh, the Super Legera. Yeah. Okay. The day that came out, everyone who I showed that to, including non-car fans and non-mini fans, said, I would buy that car. And, and, and it's always one of those things. We always have that car that everyone loves and no one makes. And you're like, just please make that car because I would buy that car. Um, you know, maybe apply that. Maybe that's how you get people in the U.S. back into it. Um, and then we have the whole other idea of, like, gas prices, trucks, Americans, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I, I, I think if they want to get the people who buy multiple minis back, then maybe it is going back to, like, the things that made it work for them. And that, that to me, is kind of design and a fun package at a good price. Well, you know, again, the rest of the world is a, a much more compact place. And, in, in, in you know, you talk about Europe and how close the countries are and the traveling distance aren't so much. So essentially what you said about the Clubman being a great traveling car could be exactly what they're going for to the extent that that's what we need to have in the United States because the distances are so much greater. And then again here, as I mentioned, the, you know, the compact car as a rule is going out. People don't feel as confident in it, they don't feel as safe in it, they're driving on these big roads with the trucks and things like that. And again, the popularity of the CUV, SUV, and truck overall 
is something that is somewhat unique to the U.S. market in terms from a competitive set. So, and that, and then finally here, and, and then we'll wrap up our talk tonight. Design-wise, as as you alluded to here, Sean, uh, that we've lost our our lead designer for for many. Anders Warming has left the company. He's, he's, he's left the building. Mini has confirmed that publicly. That, but that's all they're saying is that yes, he's left, and it seems kind of abrupt. And the clubman was his baby. That was the one thing that he did. And the new countryman, that which you haven't seen, has been unveiled. Um, my thoughts are, we're still wondering: was he pushed out? Had he gotten to the point where he'd done everything? Was is it U.S. sales? Were were that a factor? Uh, it's definitely going to change with a new designer. That always happens. They're going to put their their thumbprints and their fingerprints on this car, and we're all her, all our hopes as as many fans and enthusiasts are that it will improve the things you rec the things you, you talked about the overhang on the front end. All cars don't have to look like that. Porsches don't look terrible. They 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 have the same European crash test fenders, right? And they still look great. I've hit several Europeans in both my Porsches, and uh, they're fine. And there's and you're not in jail. No, the car looks great. Yeah. So when you do a European crash test, you have to use a European. Yes. So Alex is our crash test dummy. <laughs> tuck and roll, baby. Tuck and roll. Can you use a Canadian? Because they do metric up there. So that's no, that's not European. <laughs> they should have I don't know. Uh, maybe a Quebecois. Maybe we go to Montreal and that. that they're, they're Alex speaks French, so we can get in. He can get us in. <laughs> I think it's a kilowatt damage. Uh, never mind. Well, well, anyway, so, yeah, and many, you know, other than public inc publicly confirming that Anders Warming is gone, um, we all know that there's changes afoot, and there kind of has to be, especially in the U.S., because a company as large as many worldwide. They don't stand for this. And we've seen David Duncan, the head of Mini USA, gone. He's been, we say, cross-promoted over to BMW, if you will. And now the lead designer for the entire company worldwide is gone. So it just seems we're kind of putting words in their mouth, but it seems like these are things that are, are, are you know, an issue. Well, I just want to comment on what we just experienced. And, and I'm listening to everything you're saying, and I know there's been personnel changes, there have been design changes. So we just finished off this Mini Takes Estates, unique amongst all brands in terms of what it is and how popular a two-week moving road show with the brand and twice as many people this year, 4,700 people across the country participated to some degree or not, 30,000 breakfast burritos, all these crazy numbers and we did it the last day this year just out of curiosity because we did it the first day two years ago. I've done the one-day event, uh, Mini Takes the Mac, or Mini on the Mac, I should say, and uh, that's the Mackinac Bridge in, in Michigan. Again, everyone's very excited. But to see the level of enthusiasm and brand support after two weeks on the road with what most people would be considered to be a relatively small car, it's remarkable. And the day-in, day-out driving and the smiles and the waves with everybody in between, I got to tell you, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying, I'm looking at sales numbers, but having spent the day with the fans they're healthy yeah you think the enthusiasm is still there but as sean alluded to earlier i, I agree with is many has got to realize this is a wake-up call many takes the states the 4700 people who have registered it's a wake-up call to say listen these people are valuable don't lose them they're the ones driving you saw it 13 year old minis across country you know 10 year old minis across country there's there's a handful of newer cars but 
they have to realize you have to get the multiple buyer customer back instead of saying, we don't care about those, we're going after the, I'm using air quotes, the new hipster market, if you will, with the premium brand, and that doesn't seem to be working in the US. So hopefully Mini takes the States as a wake up call again to say, hey Mini, get back to your heritage, get back to the cars that we love, you know, both stylistically and the way they drive. And I know there's a lot of reasons for, you know, engineering reasons why the car's gotten softer, but they're, not all cars are like that. You can go drive a new, you know, Porsche, a 991 or whatever, you know, and realize not all cars have to feel soft and uncomfortable and, and not like they're fun anymore. And Minis used to feel like that. Well, I, I think in the end, we want to buy these cars. We want to buy Minis in the future. And, and I, I'm with you. I'm very optimistic that um, we'll get cars in the future from Mini that we'll want to buy. Um, I hope so, because I want to own multiple Minis. They make me smile. Like Mini Takes the States has been a nice uh, rejuvenation of, of my love for the brand as well, because like again, the people are fantastic. The cars are still adorable. Um, and you know, maybe the future is bright, so we can just kind of smile and hope. Well, I just want to say, do you have any hipsters that are part of uh, White Roof Radio? <laughs> we have. We like to see. We like to joke within the walls of White Roof Radio. What do you call a hipster who claims not to be a hipster? Gay Bridger. Okay, that's ironic. <laughs> we don't have any hipsters either, but we are ironic on yeah. occasion. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't know. Our hope is that they continue to make that. And so, what we need to go do is, uh, we've probably had too many drinks to do this now, but tomorrow morning, you need to go drive my new JCW that's the dialed-in JCW Pro su suspension and everything. Because my thoughts are, that is what, it's still got the spirit of Mini, and that's the hope for me, for the future of Mini, that it's still there and they know it's there. But they either have to take the JCW to that level of M-Brand and say, this is full-on, you get this with a JCW. Or they have to bring a little bit of that spirit back into the regular Cooper and Cooper S to make it enjoyable to drive. Completely agree. Well, there it is, guys, uh, from Palm Springs, California, the end of Mini Takes the States. Uh, Sean and Charlie, thanks so much for, for your time this evening and, uh, and, you know, around drinks here. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is fun. Hey, you know me. I'm just going along for the ride. Yeah. And Alex is over here quietly. She's like, Alex is on the show every week, and he's just nodding a lot. I think Charlie meant to say I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm along for the fries. That's what he meant to say. Along <laughs> for the fries. He's just <laughs> pouting. He wants more fries. He's, there's a lot of pouting. Did you I'm really want those? No. You know, when I said no, you want those, you can just, just say no. That's something we do here in America. Just say no. <laughs> Next time we need a rodeo clown order of fries for the table. That's what we say. All right, from Palm Springs, Alex and I, we're out. Thanks. Uh, thanks again, Charlie and Sean, for joining us. It was really nice of you to take the time for chat uh, Todd and Alex during Mini Takes States. If you guys want to hear uh, what Charlie and Sean actually thought of Mini Takes States, they actually did the Vegas 2 Palm Springs run, and they interviewed Todd and our boy Alex over there at the Motor Trend Audio Podcast. Go check out episode number 93, and you can hear all of it. And they got a bed clubbing for the day. They had a great time. Yeah, we What's like Charlie and Sean a lot. We like Charlie and Sean a lot. They're good people. You should subscribe to their show, Motor Trend Audio. Uh, find that in wherever you find us. You'll find them as well. It's a, it's actually a really good show, and it, you would do well by listening to that one. And Overcast is a really good app, by the way. Oh, yeah. Overcast rules. Yeah. It works really good in the Mini. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because uh, it works with uh, – yeah, and also works with CarPlay, from what I understand. 
anyway, um, thanks again, Mr. Gabe Bridger from MotoringFile.com for joining us this evening. That was awfully nice of him to stop by, uh, MotoringFile.com, of course. And then um, I want to thank everybody who patroned our man Todd from MotoringStripes.com. And by the way, MotoringStripes.com, uh, the Mini Texas States merchandise, the remaining merchandise, is once again available and I'm seeing, I'm seeing sale prices. I'm seeing markdowns. Yeah, yeah. The remaining, dude. It's this has never happened before in any of our sites. That you're selling stuff on a discount. Well, the event's over, so you know. Hey, okay. Mini Takes Estates merchandise is currently twenty percent off at MotoringStripes.com. Go get it while it lasts. Keychains, door bonnet decals, door magnets, the six-inch tall magnets, uh, the original grill badge, and the sixteen six-inch tall decal, all twenty percent off. Go over there to MotoringStripes.com. Pick something up really nice. Um, also, while you're there, if you need stripes for your mini, you can go over there and get them there as well. Get Todd Pearson made stripes for your mini Cooper. Install them yourself. Save a little bit of money and get nice, really stripes, really nice stripes for your car. Also, you can get the Countryman boot protector strip. And if you use contact form over at MotoringStripes.com. You can actually get a white roof radio sunroof delete kit. Just ask Tom to shoot you a quote. Done and done. Motorstripes.com, you know, because blank is boring. There it is. But I do believe we're done. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to remind everybody once again, uh, shortly after you listen to this episode, we will be celebrating our 11th, our, our 11th birthday. If you wanted to stop by the Facebook page and wish us a happy birthday because you won't get notified about that, that would be really super swell. That's happening August 1st. White roof radio turns 11. We're almost teenagers. And if you've listened for 11 years, you know what you can do? Go buy us a virtual drink at uh, patreon.com slash whiteroofradio, right? I like it. There you go. Patreon.com forward slash whiteroofradio if you want to help uh, keep us going uh, the way we are and keep the Ride Bikes Radio going, the new the new podcast that I started with Brian Dallas, and possibly add a third show either later this year or early 2017. Click on over to patreon.com forward slash whiteroofradio to help us out. We really appreciate that as well. Yes, sir. Anyway, we are done for the night. Chad, thanks for stopping by, too. Mr. Detroit Tune, you find all those things over at DetroitTune.com. You're very welcome. But, yeah, yeah we're done. Yeah, we're done. Next week, uh, tune in as we talk about a class action settlement. Yeah, uh, uh, yes, we will talk about the class action settlement uh, about the water pump next week. We'll have Alex back. Uh, he'll probably complain about something rattling on his car some more. Uh, <laughs> He drove my car, by the way, on many takes the states. Oh, he did? Yeah, he drove it, and within five seconds, he goes, your car's faster than mine. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, well, maybe not. And, he goes, okay. and then he went back and forth. He's like, no, uh, it feels That'll be the discussion next week. It'll be dueling JCWs next week on yeah. the World Famous Wire Radio, so stick around for that. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Anyway, gang, this is the time of the show where I do like to make that funny clicking sound, and then I say... Questions, comments, or concerns, go ahead and click back over to whiteroofradio.com. There you can leave us a note in the show notes. You can also email us feedback at whiteroofradio.com. Until next week, this is DB. I'm done. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>